Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip and commentary. You can't beat the sound of a contented cat. That's why veterinary surgeon and natural pet food pioneer John Burns developed Burns Pet Nutrition. Because he knows the positive impact a natural diet has on our beloved pets. And our premium cat food is designed to satisfy even the most finicky eaters. For natural, no nasty, wholesome recipes, choose Burns Pet Nutrition. Available from veterinary clinics and all good pet shops across Ireland. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Cocaine Cowboys: The Deadly Rise of Ireland's Drug Lords, the live show is on sale now. We're on the road on February 10th at the Lime Tree Theatre in Limerick, February 15th in Cork's Everyman Theatre and on Sunday 18th we're back at Dublin's Three Olympia. April takes us to Galway's Town Hall Theatre, Killarney's INEC and Belfast's Waterfront Studios. Check mcd.ie or venue for ticket sales. There's a belief that he was terrorised by the criminal organisation that he targeted on the night with a number of incidents happening over the last year or so. There was nothing in his background to suggest that he was the type of person that would go into a restaurant on Christmas Eve that had a, a lot of children in it armed with a submachine gun to wipe out people, basically. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Gardaí have made their first arrest following the shocking and savage gun attack in a restaurant in Blanchardstown on Christmas Eve. Gunman Tristan Cherry opened fire in the packed restaurant hitting a 47-year-old man before being overpowered and stabbed to death. Today I'm talking to Irish independent crime correspondent Ken Foy about the botched hit attempt and how Gardaí are braced for reprisal attacks. I'm Niall Donald and this is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. So, Ken, as most people were sitting down preparing to wrap the last few presents and maybe try and get some kids to bed, there was something else totally going on in Blanchardstown in Dublin. Obviously, most people will have heard of it at this stage. Um, A man opened fire in a packed restaurant where people were having a, a meal on Christmas Eve. There's been developments this morning. We're recording here today on Friday. A man has been arrested. What do we know about the situation so far, Ken, before we go into the background? Well, I suppose first off, to start, Niall, there was an arrest late last night, which was late on Thursday night. A gang member, aged in his 20s, a low-level gang member, has been arrested by Gardaí in Blanchardstown. The suspect is from the Cardo Ferry himself. He's a man aged in his 20s. He is suspected of being at the scene where 
the gunman was murdered in this attack in Brown's Steakhouse. So, Ken, like, it's a an incredible series of events, I suppose. I mean, if you look back on when, when we were both working in the Star a decade ago, we used to say it's, you know, it used to be a cliche, it's like a scene from The Sopranos, which <laughs> then became it's like a scene from Love, Hate. But, I mean, it is, uh, I mean, a truly shocking event. What do we know really about the sequence of events and what happened on Christmas Eve? Well, Niall, what seems to have happened is two gunmen armed with uh, basically submachine guns, high-velocity weapons, entered the restaurant. It was a packed restaurant. Their targets were celebrating an event where there was actually three generations of the same family at the event. That included children and obviously grandparents. One of the gunmen approached and fired a number of shots recklessly. The grandfather, in relation to the three generations of the same family, got up to confront him. And um, he suffered very serious injuries and is still in a critical condition in hospital. A 47-year-old man he is that, until recent times, was was known as a very hard-working man. And the gunman basically got overpowered and was savagely beaten, stabbed up to 30 times and was basically pronounced dead at the scene where his accomplice fled the scene in a in a white Audi car and he, he's still being looked for. He hasn't been found yet. So the arrest that happened last night is in relation to what happened after the shooting. The individual has been questioned under Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act, which means it's, he's not being questioned, you know, for firearms offences or, or anything like that. It's it's in relation to the, you know, the vicious assault that happened on the on the gunman. And so, of course, like we do know at this point, the gunman's name. It's been widely sh- uh, shared. His name is Tristan Sherry. We know that he has been associated with a number of criminal gangs in the Finglas area, most notably. what's known as the Mr. Flashy Gang. What do we know about Tristan Sherry? I mean, he's a 26-year-old from Dublin. Is he regarded as a major criminal figure? No, Niall, he he wouldn't be at all. And I don't think, you know, in your investigations in the Sunday world over the years, particularly in relation to feuding in in Finglas and Blanchardstown, it's not a name that would have popped up very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tristan Sherry, look, he had a bit of form, but the... Truth of the matter is, he he was a low level member of the Fingless Gang that that we nickname uh, Mister Flashy. Yeah, he wouldn't have had serious form. Um, there's a belief that he was terrorised by the criminal organisation that he targeted on the night, with a number of incidents happening, you know, over the last year or so, and he might have even been forced into into the matter. There, there was nothing in his background to suggest that he was the type of person that would go into a restaurant on Christmas Eve that had a, a lot of children in it armed with a submachine gun to wipe out people, basically. Yeah, I mean, like, like that has to be uh, recognised, whatever the, the, the background of what feud was being involved in or whatever. I mean, for a man to walk in under those circumstances and open fire, like it's an act of kind of, like an act of terror, really. And we saw the same 
we just sat through the Regency Hotel trial where you heard person after person, innocent people who were there on the day. It's it's absolutely terrifying, obviously, for people to see that and for see, to see that level of violence. I mean, a part, of course, a part of the uh, the new the new world that we're in is that not only was he killed by by people who overpowered him, it's also seen as we all know now at this stage it was there was recordings of of what was occurring. There was, and I think some of it is absolutely shocking, to be honest. Like especially the time of year, and it was the the gang that participated in this murder of the gunman, Mister Sherry videoed not just the aftermath of it, actually part of it. And yeah. we're happy to circulate on, on social media. The, the problem for them is that this is key evidence now for the Gardaí who've already made one arrest. And it's expected that um, there'll be up to five arrests directly in relation to the murder that actually happened. It is being investigated as a murder. Yeah. So it's going to throw up a whole number of legal questions, I suppose, um, because of a number of controversial cases, one of them being the Frog Ward case. There is a right to self-defence in Ireland um, if somebody attacks you for you to defend yourself. And so that that will obviously, if somebody comes at you with a gun, you do have a right to defend yourself under Irish law. This has been played out as well in, in other countries. And we hear these cases in the US where people uh, invoke that right to self-defence. So that is going to be a part of any if any case is ever brought to court. But the other aspect is it is about sort of reasonable use of force. So we've heard reports of the gun jamming, but certainly it seems that that Tristan Cherry attempted to to flee the scene, but was unable to do so. And um, maybe there's talk of trying to get out a back door that wasn't open. He did try to flee, yeah. but the victim, Mister Sherry, suffered well over thirty stab wounds in the incident, and he was beaten. He was he was attacked by a number of individuals, and the matter has been investigated as murder. Yeah. Um, this wasn't the case of an individual entering a restaurant and maybe getting, you know, a few slaps or something like that. It was he was he was put in the ground. He was attacked while he was on the ground. It is a murder investigation. There's been one arrest, but there, there is a number of other individuals that are expected to be arrested. The whole thing, uh, by the way, Niall. I know there's been a lot, lot of uh, social media videos and stuff like that. The whole incident from start to finish ha- has been caught on CCTV from what is, you know, a v- very, very well-respected restaurant. There's a lot of concern in the locality that um, what happened there in, in the steakhouse w- might put these people out of business. But even the likes, the Taoiseach have even said, that, you know, they've eaten there and stuff like that. And that would be a tragedy. But the incident itself was caught on CCTV. I think Gardy are fairly satisfied this is not a case of reasonable force. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously, if, if somebody is acting when they're in fear of their life at that moment and a reasonable fear of their life, that's very different than if somebody is, for example, you know, fleeing a scene and there is no immediate threat and you pursue them. Now, it will be a complicated case. There's no doubt about it, you know, in terms of people's emotions and all of that would be a factor. But, you know, those things are going to be played out at some point. We're not great legal minds. I sometimes think I am, Ken, but you never think you are. You're more uh, humble. (laughs) So that's another complicated bit of it. I mean, 
I suppose in the broader context, you know, obviously you said it's it's happened, the incident happened in Blanchardstown. I know that restaurant myself and it is a great shame. It's a, lo- it's a lovely place and a, sort of a real stalwart place of the community of the, the gangland murders. And this year we've seen that name sort of Mr. Flashy and people associated with that wider organisation involved in a sort of breakdown of, you know, very violent incidents. And then on the other side, we have, obviously, we have a 47-year-old man who's been injured, but some of his associates are involved in a, a very serious criminal organisation that you might say is is becoming a very serious uh, focus for Garda attention. What do we know about that, that organisation? And I know we can't name them for legal reasons. Well, this is an organisation that have been involved in organised crime for I suppose almost a decade, but they're basically trying to expand territory at the moment. They've they've embroiled themselves in a in a feud with a gangland organization, which we for legal re- reasons nicknamed a family, which has led to a lot of before all this ever happened, a lot of increased tension increased tensions. But where the family, I would say, operate on a macro level, this particular uh, organized crime gang operate on a micro level. But Niall have been, and and you know this as well, have been absolutely yeah. terrorizing people in the local community. Uh, I'm talking about Blanchardstown, I'm talking about Finglas, I'm talking about Cabra for yeah. drug deaths. Like in the Sunday World, we did a story only a few weeks ago in relation to Gardy had made a very significant arrest and big inroads into them. But as part of our as part of our story, as part of looking into this, it turns out that this is a gang that are prepared to sell drugs to, to children, basically, um, yeah. 15, 16-year-old kids. And then they're prepared to, to do a ruse, rob those drugs off those kids, and then put a debt on those kids, a debt that they can't pay. And, yeah. they, and then it goes on to their parents. And the consequences of that are just massive. Very predatory behaviour, and not dissimilar than the other that other West Dublin gang, the Westies, where... We're talking about good big sums of money, 10,000, 10, 20,000 euros. Um, but these aren't making their, their money trafficking the drugs in, really. They're, they're sort of feeding off that community and uh, preying really on the, the young people there. That, that would be fair to say. Well, Niall, it's undocumented. I've been speaking to a number of decent people in, the, in that community. And there's a number of suicides that are possibly linked to this situation. It's insidious what they're doing in relation to their drug debt collection. Like, they they seem to pick the row with, um, what, you know, an organisation that's one of arguably Ireland's biggest drugs trafficking organisation. And they would have, they wouldn't be able to, you know, put a glove on those people who have their own tactics, by the way, in relation to this stuff. Well, what what these what this particular organised crime gang and they are classified as such um, are involved in is really terrorising their own community. Yeah, the obvious fear now for Gardy is a fear of reprisals. Um, I think it was described as one of the the leading members of that criminal organisation was extremely irate and angry at the scene obviously after the shooting there's been things put up on social media looking to identify people obviously there, there was Tristan Sherry and his accomplice entered the restaurant so that man 
fled the scene obviously as as things went wrong and there was he was collected by i think an, an audi car outside so there's a number of people involved in this and there obviously is a, a heightened tensions and fears that that there will be attacks there's absolutely no doubt niall that there will be attacks i think we we've been covering these feuds we, we've kind of a, a certain knowledge of some of the individuals involved in it there's no way that um this is going to uh, end here there's absolutely not i mean there was a series of feuds obviously surrounding the flashy gang and one of them was was regarded as the cord of we, we used to call it the cord of feud and i there was a good number of shootings, a lot of houses firebombed, number of assaults. Is this a sort of offspring of that, or do we believe it's a separate incident? In, no, be, because of um, who Mr. Sherry was connected to, um, the, ma- the main yeah. line of inquiry is, is that it is linked into who we, for legal reasons, have to call Miss, Mr. Flatchy. But it, I suppose around 2019, those f- the feuds, uh, Fingless and Cardoff, were you know maybe us in the media were separated them as different feuds but they became they, yeah. they actually became interlinked because um yeah. that figmas organization that the unfortunate mr sherry was involved with um be, became involved um and connected to um the organization that was fighting with the targets of uh, the christmas eve shooting so it it yeah. is you know like gangland as we always say in Ireland is never black and white is it like, no I mean, no we like to separate out into the to the, the Cordo feud and the Kulak feud but of course it's it's all roughly the same people or at least people that know each other and it all interplays um, and it certainly is part of a broader kind of you know with when the Kinnahans were on top there was a, a degree of order and sort of more senior gangland criminals. And once the following the Regency, when those guys kind of, you know, some of them had to leave the country or ended up in prison, there was this general breakdown. And these guys in their in their twenties who who took over, who were seemed far more chaotic and a lot more trigger happy anyway than had been the case. Yeah, well, I suppose there was a sense of order at times, but the big fear, I suppose, going into the new year, Niall, is that um, a lot of a lot of people have been released from jail in the last few months. People that were involved yeah. in, you know, you, you you speak about the Kinahans there. People that were involved in plots. People that, you know, it's it. The, many guards. It was often asked me why there was so many, sorry, sorry, so few gangland murders in the year. And um, yeah, the basic point when I asked that question to to guards that you know would kind of have a view on it. Was was that not every you know it's it's not every cr- criminal that's prepared to kill someone they don't know, yeah. But like the problem that we have facing into the new year, Nile, is that there is people, a lot of people are going to be are out or getting out that have been convicted in relation to those Hutchkin and murders. They're going to be back on the street. So I don't think I don't think we're going to have um, two gangland murders uh, in our statistics next year. We do. No, I don't. I mean, I think these people have have the capacity to plan things better and and you know to 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 access weapons in a different way. I mean, I think the one of the most bizarre things at this whole shooting, I mean, obviously the the fact that it happened in front of you know regular citizens is really shocking. 
Um, but the fact that a GoFundMe uh, went up for for Tristan Cherry's funeral, I thought was was really bizarre. And it actually went that news went all the way across the world, you know. And fair enough, people are entitled to uh, grieve their their lost relatives, no matter what what they've done. But it just shows you this this other subculture that exists. Um, and we've seen it again and again in in some of the gangland funerals that have gone on over recent years where some of these people are just living in a different world. I suppose the, there's no details yet of Tristan Sherry's funeral, but it would be another uh, point of tension, I think. And it does, you know, be, obviously the Christmas may delay things and obviously there's investigations going on, but we haven't heard any details of any funeral planned yet, have we? No, but... You're dead right. Like it, it will be something that will have to be policed. The situation is very tense. I don't know. Like you say about to go fund me. I suppose everyone's entitled to put up something in relation to their relative, like he was, you know, someone's son, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, what he did was an awful deed, but what he met was a very, very terrible death. Yeah. Do you know? It's in some ways what happened on Christmas Eve is kind of hard to process maybe if it happened on a different night it might be slightly easier to you know to think of but there's no doubt there'll be a a very serious security security operation in relation to his funeral certainly the fact that it happened on christmas eve adds a bit of horror to it but just the idea of people no matter what the circumstances recording a an act of murder or killing on their phone and obviously then that has to be shared if it's gone around it is really horrific um no less horrific than coming into a packed restaurant and effectively shooting and putting on putting innocent people's lives at risk yeah with, 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 with a submachine gun that he had, he had no it, it seems he had no um he wasn't able to use if you like Exactly. Control or have the knowledge or this the skill or whatever you want way you want to describe it to 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 manage. You know, we have obviously had a far less murders in, in in this year and the last couple of years, but there still is a savage aspect to this whole story that it still shocks you, does it, Ken? I mean, along you a, a full-time crime reporter over I tell you a couple not, of decades. I, I had a full head of hair when I started. Man. I had a full head of hair. I was a lot slimmer. No, but um, yeah. look, it was, it's, it's particularly shocking. I mean, it was a dreadful thing to happen. He went in with murderous at- intent and it, it was an awful thing to do in a, in a crowded restaurant. I, as I said earlier, a highly respected restaurant. You know, that it's for the community there, you know, on Christmas Eve, multiple children there who he targeted was three generations of the same family. Um, a a gentleman stands up and he like that man is still critical in hospital. He had other targets there as well. He's left alone basically by his would be accomplice who's still been hunted both by Gardaí and the targets. We all know the horrific nature of what happened then. Like, it, yeah. it, you know, it has been said, you know, in the jibes, in, but they're kind of sick jibes. It, to do that in a steakhouse is the, is the worst place to do it. And that, that refers to knives and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And he, like, you know, he, that man was stabbed over 30 times. But what, yeah. what we sometimes need to think of as well, you know, is 
how did that ha- like how did how did it happen like why why did he end up in that situation yeah we do know Tristan Sherry had been the victim of a violent attack that is being linked to some of the associates of the people he's been targeted Unfortunately, Ken, we're going to have to come back to this story again and again, I would imagine, over the next few months. And thanks for taking time out of your Christmas break to to speak to us. Well, Niall, it's always a pleasure. Take care, man. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take the Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume the Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume the Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.